0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and we're here again at conference, at Heartbeat International's annual conference. And so I am really excited to have Tracy Shellhouse, our Vice President of Ministry Services here, and the Waldens. We have Kirk Walden and Jennifer Walden, and uh, both of you will be presenting a workshop titled, Flip Your Ministry, Win Your Community. And last year, the two of you did the Compassion Quotient. That was your workshop. And I hear that was very well-received, packed house, packed house. Uh, That recording is available on heartbeatservices.org under the store. We actually house all of our recordings there uh, from last year and this year's workshops. You can check out if you would like to um, see what they were up to last year. And then you can also check out uh, this year's recorded workshop as well. So again, heartbeatservices.org under the store. Take a look at what you uh, missed if you weren't able to attend some of the sessions or if you really loved a session and you'd like to share it with the rest of your crew at your center. uh, That's where you can go to find those. So I
1: will turn things over to you, Tracy. We have a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. So I am so excited to be doing this podcast with you guys this morning. Um, You know, Kirk, I remember the first time I met you. It was in 2006. Wow. Yes, Mm -hmm. a long time ago. And you were trying to talk my executive director into, because it would have been good for her, um, your newsletter book. And she's like, oh, no, oh, no. And I'm thinking, buy it, buy it. And as soon as I became an executive director guess what? Um, I bought your uh, thank you letter book and all those other kinds of things and it's traveled with me over the years. But you have been involved in the pro-life movement for a very long time and have had the opportunity to see a lot of transitions and a lot of innovation. So if you guys don't mind, just tell me a little bit about your um, pro-life background, what you've done, and uh, a little bit about your engagement with the heartbeat over the years.
2: Yeah, well I'll I'll start and I'll let Jen jump in, but Uh, I worked on kind of as a volunteer on the political end from 1980 to 91, uh, and then I had the joy of being offered the executive director's position at a center in Auburn, Alabama, and uh, loved that. There for nine years, then began working with centers around 2000 with those manuals that Mm -hmm. you were talking about alluding to and a, a newsletter that I would send out each month and then began partnering with Heartbeat in 2009 when they, uh, when they asked my, my little company called Life Trends, they wanted to bring mm-hmm. it under the Heartbeat umbrella, did that from 2009 to 14, and then became part of the staff uh, when we did fully, Life Trends come under that banner. And so it's been a joy ever since. And uh, now I'm a volunteer with Heartbeat. So it's like, whenever you need me, you call me, and it's a blast to be here. Uh, this week, and I get to speak at events around the country and all of that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you who has really built all of that was Jen, uh, mm-hmm. who I want to bring into this because Jennifer, it was in 2006 uh, when we got married, and I was doing this life trend stuff kind of part time, speaking at a few events, working at school. We got married, uh, and she was from Nashville. I'm from Alabama. I'm, I moved my family to Alabama, me and three kids from Alabama to Nashville, and uh, Jen said, just take that Life Trends thing full-time, and so that changed everything, but she had been involved in this even before I showed up.
3: (laughs) Yeah, so my story is um, I grew up in a very small town, and just some events in my life that happened, I uh, just made some terrible choices as a young woman, and so just always had compassion for any young woman facing a challenge, an unplanned pregnancy. So um, I got involved with my local pregnancy help ministry um, as a donor mainly, but um, throughout the years that was just a passion for me. Uh, Then went into education, and in my work in education, my client, that was my students. So uh, right now I currently work with a staff. Um, I'm an administrator with a staff of about 18 and so working in that capacity and working, and understand, I guess I have a heart for executive directors across this country and the challenges they face in their pregnancy health mm-hmm. ministries. So I'm kind of going all over the place. But long story short, when I met Kirk, I just fell head over heels almost immediately. It didn't take long. It uh, didn't take it,
2: long for me either. Babe.
3: Yeah. So our passion, <laughs> our shared passion for life. Uh, it just has been such a great partnership. Um, I've been able to continue my work with education, which I absolutely love, but I've also been able to work beside him and cheering on people across the country. I've been able to go to so many pregnancy centers and talk with so many directors, so it's just an absolute passion for me, and I especially love Heartbeat. I've seen these people on the ground, uh, and I'm just so so in love with them. I'm so thankful for the work that they do.
1: Well, that is so exciting, and, and a, a word that I heard over and over again as part of another word is passion. Yeah. Compassion and passion, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, it is, passion does drive
3: mm-hmm. compassion,
1: mm-hmm. but when you guys talk about, you know, the compassion question, tell us a little bit about compassion and how you define it, and then um, how we see that lived out in the Bible and then in some in the pro-life movement.
3: This was such an interesting study for us. It's something we had a lot of morning coffee over. But what does it mean to have compassion? And we think about the passion of the Christ. So in studying that a little bit further, the word passion means to suffer. But when you add compassion, it means to suffer with. Mm. And it's like that's what we're all about in Pregnancy Help Ministries. We're suffering alongside someone. And... um, it's, it's just the whole story of Jesus, his willingness to suffer with us and then to suffer for us ultimately. Um, so it's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to me as we've, we delved into this in that workshop last year. And uh, I think about Jesus as he, he connected with people. And that was what it was because they could say he's one of us. He knows exactly mm-hmm. what I'm going through. He figured it out. And, you know, you think about the woman caught in adultery and all these different things. But one of the things that we've, we've got a book coming out soon called Saving Samaria. And there's a moment with the good Samaritan when Jesus is telling that story of the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan, after two people walked by this wounded man, he stops and having compassion, Jesus said, I'm like, what did he do? He dressed the wounds. How many wounded do we reach out to in this work? Mm-hmm. Maybe yes. maybe you can't see it on the outside, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of wounds. And we're like, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And then, then he takes this person to the end. He supports this person financially. He does everything he can for the season that he's in that person's life. You notice that the Good Samaritan did not stick with the, the wounded guy forever. He did have some other things to do, but he Mm -hmm. stuck with him for the season he needed to stick with him and suffered alongside him. And I think, wow, that's that's what we do. There's a season when they're in our lives and we get to walk with them during that time. So uh, that's a big deal for us right now.
3: Something Kirk's always said that I just love is he said we may only be a sentence in someone's story but let's be a really good one. And uh-huh. I think in pregnancy help ministry, so often we're a sentence. You know, we, ha- we have this person for a moment, um, maybe a year. It just depends. Um, but we always want to be a great sentence in that person's life.
1: That is awesome. I think
3: about the fact, um, I, I, I
1: listened to um, the compassion quotient and um, it was exciting. I was on my way home, and there was a couple times um, that I had to pull off the side of the road, and it's like, oh, let me write that down. But, you know, one of the things that um, I often think about is, and what you were pointing out, is how Jesus talked and interacted with those um, because he preached, Mm -hmm. but when he was talking one-on-one, the way he communicated was very different than when he was preaching to the masses, and uh, in the in in the pro life movement and the work we do, so much of it is one on one. And I thought you guys did a wonderful job of talking about the one on one, the the not being judgmental, being compassionate. And uh, I was thinking about. Um, where you were talking about the gentleman that was uh, at the Wednesday night dinner, um, who uh, wasn't married, uh, and yet it was like, well, you know, um, I believe it was. Was it the, the the hostess that said something about?
2: I believe so. Uh, yeah.
1: you, know, um, you know. Well, maybe you want to put a ring on it, and then he's <laughs> like, "Do you see this tattoo on my eyelid?" <laughs> yeah. And 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 so just unpack that a little bit as to when you see people and you know that they've been places where they've been hurt. Yeah. and are still hurting, but how do we respond?
2: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, we're talking about our friend Julie in Galveston. Do you want right. to share that with about Julie with, with the guy who's in the Bible study?
3: Oh, goodness. <laughs> we were visiting um, a pregnancy center in Galveston, and the uh, executive director, oh. Julie, she was talking about how um, the guys sitting around the table at a men's Bible study that they had, and how many of them had been in prison for uh, committing murder? I forget how right. many of them. I want to be
2: careful about that, but everything's fine. No. Right, <laughs> right. They, they all did the, what they what needed to be done. We'll they just do they that spent way. their
3: time, but but um, Julie was just, oh man, what they were doing there to love on these people and not, not, you know, we're we're commanded to speak the truth in love, and we should be doing that. Um, But when we're dealing with these people coming into our pregnancy centers, like what she experienced, they felt so loved by her. Yeah. And uh, she could, so she had invested in them so Mm -hmm. that they were willing to take, receive that from her. Yeah. You know, Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
3: and not walk away and say, well, how dare you? Yeah.
2: And that's what she said. She said, have you thought about putting a ring on it with your...
3: (laughs) With uh, some sass. (laughs) Yeah, with a little sass. And, And
2: he goes, and that's when he pulled down... His his eyelid and over his eye was on his eyelid was her name, the girl's name. And uh, he said, I've done that. I mean, basically, I've done that. And we're like, okay we will we'll worry about that another day right now. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm just going to keep loving you. But you're telling me you're committed and uh, we're not going to worry about the rules at this moment. We're just going to build that relationship. And I think that's what Jesus did so well. He gave people opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think about the Samaritan woman. I don't mean to keep talking about Samaritan stuff because compassion flows into how Jesus connected with the Samaritans. But what he did so well was he gave people opportunities. The Samaritan woman was the last person on my list to lead Mm -hmm. the evangelistic crusade Mm -hmm. into Samaria. You know, the, the Samaritans and Jews were at odds with each other in a terrible way. Jesus needed somebody to to connect him to the Samaritan people who, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, they probably wouldn't have listened to him, but they would listen to her. And here she is, five husbands in a rearview mirror, shacking up with a guy if that's the way we want to phrase it. And yet he says, you're going to be the first person in human history Mm -hmm. who will hear plainly from me that I'm the Messiah. And she gets to go tell. Even when Peter and James and all those guys said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, don't tell anybody. But her? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Cut her loose. And I think we need to give opportunities to those who come in. They don't need to see themselves as broken, torn up, and messed up. They need to see themselves as people with great potential, and we're going to offer you an opportunity. So that's what we do. That's what our ministries do.
3: I was going to, while you were talking about that, I thought about this issue of suffering with people. And I think that When God has worked in an amazing way in our life and he's freed us from the chains and shackles of shame and sin, then we have this incredible treasure within us that we can share with another person through being vulnerable with them. And that is suffering with them. And it's, you know, the first time I ever did that, uh, I really just opened up about my own shame in my life and my own story of redemption and God's amazing grace. It was so hard, but He just has taken that and said, "Okay, thank you. That's I'm, I'm going to take mm-hmm. that little gold you just you just gave to somebody. I'm going to multiply it. It mm-hmm. is within that that we are truly suffering with people, and I am so overwhelmed by the directors and men and women on the ground in Pregnancy Help Ministries who are so vulnerable with their own stories yes. because mm-hmm. it's through that investment that other people feel like, oh yeah, you get it. You mm-hmm. really are suffering with me. You really understand. So I just can't stress enough. Keep doing it. Keep keep saying your story because it is a treasure that you're investing in another person and truly suffering with them. So
1: You know, and I often think about, um, you know, where scripture talks about from glory to glory to glory, I have seen in pregnancy help from healing to healing to mm-hmm. healing.
2: That's well said.
1: And as we share those stories, as we're vulnerable, we, the Lord, um, takes us to another level mm-hmm. of healing. But in that vulnerability, what we do is we also allow those that we're sharing our story with to see the redemption, mm-hmm. and it gives them the hope that. Mm-hmm they can be healed. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? I oh, yeah. It.
2: And I can't tell you how many in the, in the faith community, in the Christian community, I'll share my story at events, and Jen, you, shared, you share your story. I know we did this in Idaho a couple of months ago. And the people who come up, and they realized it's okay for me to be vulnerable. And they'll tell me or tell Jen their stories it's like, I, I didn't feel the freedom to do that until you, standing on a stage, got to do that. Well, here's the interesting thing. If, if you're an executive director out there, if you're a staff member of a pregnancy help center, you may not be literally standing on a stage, but to a lot of people in your community, you are on the stage. You're the expert on life. You're the expert on, on this ministry. And, and your vulnerability, I want to mm-hmm. tell everybody, your vulnerability to be real with people is going to draw people in like never before. You want to build your ministry? You know, Mm. I've been involved in development for years. Want to build your ministry? Uh Be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Don't be perfect. Yes, we want to share the successes, but at the same time, if we can be personally vulnerable, then people are going to be drawn to us. And Jesus used people who had to be vulnerable to do that. The Samaritan (laughs) woman goes back to her village of Sychar and says, look, I met a man who told me all the things that I've done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't think he was talking about how she led the PTA or anything (laughs) like that. This is stuff that people, you know, people would be surprised to hear. And yet she was willing to share that and be Mm -hmm. vulnerable. And guess what? Many followed that day. And Mm -hmm. then Jesus said, I'm hanging around a couple more days. See what happens here. And then, boom, even more begin Uh to follow. And it starts with somebody being vulnerable. You want an awakening in your community through Mm -hmm. your ministry? Be vulnerable. So I'm just building on what you were saying, Jim.
3: I remember the first time I really felt the Lord tugging at my heart to tell my own story. And I was so mad at him. (laughs) And I remember just, I was praying and I just heard him say, Stop sitting on your grace. And that was like, oh, my goodness, what in the world is he asking me to do? He is asking me to tell my story of grace, and I don't want to. But he's been so faithful and so kind. And like you said, Tracy, through the whole thing just freed me and healed me Mm -hmm. where, you know, I'm just, thank you, Lord. I just feel so overwhelmed by his kindness and his grace.
1: Well, I want to transition into talking about your workshop this year, but before that, I would wear a T-shirt that says "Stop sitting on your grace." Ooh, I think that that is I that is a great idea. That. I love that because it Trademark would trademarked by Tracy oh, Shellhouse. Oh <laughs> no, no, no! It, it was Jen's word. Okay, yeah, that's. But true. I mean, wouldn't mm. that be a conversation mm. starter yeah. that would lead in mm. to being able to talk about just that? Because someone would come up and, "What do you mean, mm. stop sitting on your grace?" Yeah. Oh, that is I an exciting it. idea. You know, um, I am sure that there are some screen pl- uh, print places near <laughs> your house. I will be <laughs> one of the first to buy it and proudly wear it. And if
2: someone at a pregnancy center out there decides we're printing that, we're good with it. Yes.
1: That's, and let me know, and I will buy yours if you get to it before <laughs> Kirk and Jen go. do. Yeah. So this year you're doing a breakout session and you're talking about flip your ministry win your community mm-hmm. and uh, you're doing that tomorrow we are and uh, so tell us a little bit about what we can um, be looking forward to and so that if people don't have the opportunity to go to it in person they know that they can purchase it online and hear it in mm-hmm. the upcoming days okay
2: jen
3: okay let's see this is another one so uh last year you know that with this is I don't know, the Lord just doing a work in us personally, and then it's like, oh, wow, we actually get to, to share this with people. What an incredible blessing, but it has transformed our lives. And in this particular case, what, what the Lord just started impressing on us was how are we measuring ourselves? Uh, how are we measuring our spiritual health? Personally, as a ministry, as a church, it really doesn't matter how are we measuring ourselves. And for years, I had been measuring my spiritual health based on my spiritual disciplines. So Mm. was I praying? Was I reading my Bible? Was I attending services? Was I serving in ministry? So that was really my focus. And then Kirk and I, through just talking and talking, it was like, oh my goodness, this is flipping on me. What in the world is this? I've been on this earth for 50 years, and you mean there's a different way I should be measuring my spiritual health? And so this guy, he always rocks my world. He's just always challenging me, which I absolutely love. It's part of what I love about him. But now, you go. (laughs)
2: Okay, well, we realized... I go back to Acts two forty seven mm. when Luke's writing at the end of that chapter we have three thousand people come to know the Lord, and Luke ends that it gets to the end of that chapter and he says this group of you Christians were having favor with all the people and the Lord was adding to their number day by day and that has really bothered me because I'm like for what? years that's yeah, bothered you yeah. yeah why not now yeah. why are we not seeing we're in these divisive issues. They had divisive issues. Mm-hmm. You know, They had a lot worse society than what we see today. We can list all the problems in our society, but they paled in comparison to what they had. And yet the regular people out there, we're not talking about the religious elites who were opposed to them or the governmental elites, were drawn to them. They had one favor with them. And if you look at that before you get to that Acts 2.47, you see what was happening. And Paul writes about it later in Galatians when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus talks about being fruitful all the time. You know, fruit is in in the you counted how many times in the New <laughs> Testament. I can't remember. it is a lot. Well he, it's over
3: sixty times. over sixty mm-hmm. times,
2: talking about people with bad fruit, good fruit, the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And I think that's how we measure it. You want to find a Christian, you find somebody who's patient, not somebody who knows all the answers. Mm-hmm. Now, you were talking about the disciplines. Yes, we're, we're in favor right. of disciplines, no doubt. But that's not our measure. The discipline should lead to these things. Mm-hmm.
3: And if you find a person who is full of these fruits, then they're going to be a person of prayer. They're going to be... that. Yeah, exactly. Is that cause and effect? I don't know. <laughs> what is that exactly? And you know, how many people... I mean, I know, and, I, and I've been there
1: before, that work very uh, hard on spiritual disciplines, and mm-hmm. yet they're hard people. They're not yeah. only hard on their, themselves, mm-hmm. but they're hard on those that the Lord gives them the opportunity to
2: be compassionate Yeah, with. Yeah, compassion is all throughout the fruit of the Spirit as well. But how do we measure? Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about as we talk about our ministries. Are we measuring in our client services director how many this... Our, with our ultrasound, how successful we were with that? How what are our numbers? Those mm-hmm. are all good things. We need metrics. I get that, but you know what? An ultrasound machine, and even somebody mm-hmm. who can do an uh, who can perform an ultrasound perfectly, is nothing without the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Amen. And we're we even going to take something out of First Corinthians thirteen and basically said if I if I do the best ultrasound and but, but do not have love, it profits, mm-hmm. profits me nothing. If I have the best marketing outreach and they all come to our door, and yet we don't have love. It profits us nothing. We want to talk about how do we measure fruit in each of us. When we have that end-year evaluation with our employees, what are we measuring? Yes, we need metrics. This isn't blowing that up, but we are flipping it. Let's talk about fruit and how can we measure fruit tangibly so that in our ministries, we're ministries of fruit in, in our own house, ourselves, in our ministries, and then we take it out to our churches, our partners, and others so they see something different than us because we're measuring something. Let's be honest, Not I, this blew my world because we're really not measuring that. So let's measure that. Let's see how to do it. Let's do it effectively because I think, I really believe, and I'm always this guy that just believes we can do anything. I believe we can win our culture on this divisive, issue, we can win our culture, and I think fruit is part of that process. We believe that, Mm -hmm. and it happened over a lot of coffee, and between me taking out the dog and breakfast and coffee, this is where we landed, and so Mm -hmm. we are pumped about bringing this out tomorrow.
1: Well, I'm excited that you're bringing it out tomorrow, and I absolutely agree with you. I think that um, being compassionate, I think being kind Mm -hmm. um, and truly bearing the fruit of the Spirit for all to see. It draws people to us. Mm -hmm. Um, It might be like fruit flies, but that's okay, you know, because (laughs) we've got something great, you know. And and, and so I, I look at that and I see what you guys are doing, and it's exciting. Uh, it's exciting. And I'll be honest; I'm a little bit biased. Um, uh, Kirk is an Alabama boy, and uh, <laughs> and I'm from Alabama, and um, you just love to see. And it's a; he's not my hometown. Uh, um, I, I pull for the right team, Roll <laughs> Tide, War uh, Eagle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we've had so much fun over the years, and but I have watched your passion. And as your passions have developed, it never gets stale. So as I'm sitting and I'm listening, the Lord is revealing things and revealing things. And you mentioned that you've got a book coming out. And so, you know, it's not stagnant. He's moving you forward, and it's because you're hungry. So tell us about Mm. what is on the horizon for the Mm. Waldens.
2: You want to take that or shall I? You go.
3: Well, we're both... We're just in awe of God and all that He does, and we love working together. So we'll see where that all leads, but we love working together, and we love um, sharing the stories that the the Lord has has given to us and our own grace. And um, I think that we're we're kind of opposites because I I feel like you know him, Tracy. He's just (laughs) a very easy, just amazing person who's so— the fruit of the spirit is very natural to him. Mm-hmm. And I think about why that is, but not so much for me. It's uh, a really, I mean, the first time I really realized, like, oh gosh, this really important thing, I'm in trouble. Um, but it, it just affected oh, my gosh. prayer life and everything. Like, oh, okay, this is the goal to be fruitful. But I, we have a lot I feel like to say about fruit. Um, I know he was going out of town to go on a speaking uh, season, and he was, you were gone for wow, almost a whole month in October yeah. last year. Yeah, it was long and uh, I was just like, Lord, you know, I'm, you know, I'm lonely. What are you going to do during this time? And I ended up writing a, a book on fruit.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, <laughs> it, will, which will follow Saving Samaria. Yeah, which so. it's not
3: completely done yet. And he's got to put his touches on it. But, um. But we, we just believe this is such an awakening that can help so many people in ministry. And it seems so simple, but isn't that the way God works? He works in the simplicity. And so waking us up in that area, saving Samaria, we're so excited about. So that's two, two books we're working on. Um,
2: and the thing that I, I guess I want to point out is I had always believed that doing the right things the right way and doing it. And I've always believed in, in fruit. Yeah, fruit, mm-hmm. of spirit, all that. That's great, wonderful, yeah. memorized, all that stuff. But I flipped it now. And the way I flipped it is I used to see the results as the fruit of the ministry. This is how many babies were saved, faith decisions, mm-hmm. how many people mm-hmm. we have in our, our nurturing initiatives, whether it be Bright Course or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's fruit. No. What I'm realizing is fruit leads to results. You bear fruit, you'll see those results. Mm-hmm. And I think when we flip it and don't look for, don't look at a life being saved as our fruit, but we see, no, we're going to keep bearing fruit. Oh, we'll see lives saved. Don't worry about that. We'll see mm-hmm. the results. So uh, I've, it, it kind of turned upside down in my life.
1: So that is, it is exciting. And as you mentioned, you are a heartbeat volunteer. Yes. Uh, you're you're uh, with us and we are better together but your present ministry, now that you're a volunteer, just tell us a little bit like what and I understand that there are great things on the horizon and the mm-hmm. Lord is opening up these doors. But what are the doors um, that you're walking through and how are you now uh, continuing to encourage and
2: mm. equip
1: and empower? We want to hear yeah. about that, too.
2: Well, this is a neat thing is this has given me an incredible freedom, really, as far as heartbeat goes. Because I will have people contact me, and I just give out cards, you know, my card, and I say, hey, if you need something, just call me. I've probably done that, I don't know, 10 times just in the last day. And I enjoy that, but I can, people can come to me and they say, well, where can I get this? I said, well, I'm not your answer for that. But Heartbeat is, and what's so exciting to me about Heartbeat is we, I'm part of the family, so we continue to grow with new ideas, Mm -hmm. new insights, and if someone has a question, Heartbeat has someone there who's an expert on it. I used to feel like not when I was, when I, it was before I was with Heartbeat, I felt like, man, I really need to get up to speed on all these things because they see me as the expert on all things pregnancy center. And I'm not, you know, and I've grown. I used to do a lot of development. I was an advancement specialist for Heartbeat, meaning I taught development fundraising. And uh, just listening, to say, Brian Gonzalez or so, Or Haley, as they were were talking through a workshop uh, last year, and looking at the insight that they have, that advancement and development continues to grow. And I can turn people over to them and say, "Just go. These folks have it." And whatever it is, whether it's APR, what uh, I mean, I could go through the list and spend all day. But I just love the fact that Heartbeat is an all-encompassing place resource that people can go to find a home for their question, where they're going to get an answer and uh, and someone to have compassion enough to walk alongside. The one thing I love about Heartbeat, as much as anything, is you call Heartbeat, somebody's going to talk to you. Yes. And they're going to do it as fast as they can. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love being here and being a part.
3: But kind of, you You got off on your love for Heartbeat. Oh, sorry. And, uh-huh. <laughs> which is, is awesome. I supposed to do? Agree. It's, it's great. It's, it's great, great. But I want to hear about she you She wants to hear about oh, what oh, you're doing. Okay. Yeah. What but am I doing? I'm yeah, sorry. But... <laughs>
2: Go ahead. You tell them what I'm doing.
3: Well, I feel like we, over the years, we have seen like what you were saying, Tracy, about, you know, it's bait. How do we become the bait for our communities? And I think that he's visited, Kirk's visited over 600 pregnancy centers easily around this nation. He's seen so many things, so many people on the ground. And really, I think we both have such a heart to help. How can we help Come in and shore up staffs and encourage staff so that they can take care of one another. Mm. And then when you do that, it's like these concentric circles. It's like the pebble in the pond. When you are taking care of your staff well, which is something I know we're both passionate about, then that spreads into your community. It spreads into your local churches. It spreads into... um, you're, the nation at large, if we will get on board, I think we can, yeah. what will we do and accomplish as PHCs? But I think that we both feel very strongly that we, we have just this passion to go in and help ministry teams working together. And that's
2: and I'll probably do that uh, once this book is out. I'm going to mm-hmm. begin writing more on these topics, so you'll see more things. You may see some things in Pregnancy Help News, uh, getting back with Lisa and her team. And uh, beginning to do some videos just to help in that mm-hmm. area. And so uh, we really want to, if you build the inside, it'll flow out. And just like Jen said so well. So that's what I will be doing. And uh, I can't wait to continue that process.
1: I can't wait to watch it um, and have the opportunity to see it. And as, as you were talking, something that went through my mind is we hear a lot about training the trainer.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm you are ministering to the ministers mm-hmm. you're you're That's empowering them and you're your leading leaders you're empowering leaders to lead but you're ministering to those where they need to be ministered to so that they can then go out right. and enlarge their territory
3: yes.
1: and their impact and that is just absolutely exciting um and you know that that is Obviously, that's why um, you're such good friends of Heartbeat, and we love you so much because it's the same heart. It is empowering Mm -hmm. and equipping Mm -hmm. and glorifying God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do that through compassion. We do. And by loving each other, and um, we really are better together, and it is an exciting thing to see. And so thank you guys for taking the time Today and, and letting us grab you and stick you in a room and <laughs> uh, and giving us a little bit of insight as to what's going on. And um, I can't wait to hear your workshop mm. tomorrow um, and uh, looking forward to it. And so... Christine, um, that is lots of great information. We managed to have a podcast, learn about the past, the future, and two workshops over two years and however long we've been talking.
3: <laughs> and so,
1: um, you know, they can say that we talk slow because we're from the South, but I think we did pretty good.
2: Not bad at all. Thank <laughs> I you I realize for having
1: I'm it. the only Northern person. I'm Ohio and then I
0: have some southern friends here so i'm the outlier but <laughs> thank you all so much uh this has been a great conversation i did want to ask where can people go to find out when the book is published and your future writing projects
2: kirkwalden.com all right. uh, k-r-r-k-w-a-l-d-e-n.com or flippingfaith.com it'll send you to the same place so flippingfaith.com or kirkwalden.com and you can find us and we'll be more will be coming out in the next couple of months
0: Sounds great. Stay tuned to the Waldens to find out more and uh, stay tuned to Pregnancy Help Podcast by subscribing and, you know, share this with a a friend who's in ministry. And and I um, know it'll be a great encouragement to a lot of people who are listening. So thank you. And uh, thanks to our listeners for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.